So it's that time in the weekend, as you've been here uh, over the two days, uh, so give yourself some time just to recollect, um, you have a good reasonable sketch, uh, things need to be inked in, remembered, details ironed out, or what's helpful now, if you want to make a comment, as to how it is for you, or question. Question about posture, about sitting. The gentleman here is a, a newcomer. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you can't really have too many should be's about a body, <laughs> but you can work, you can practice it. Essentially, for sitting, for sitting, you want to have at least um, need to keep twit fidgeting and agitating as possible. You want to maintain a fairly steady uh, attention. So attention just sets that as a posture. Can be a little bit of moving within that to adjust. And perhaps when you're beginning, you need to adjust every few minutes. You might need to adjust because the body's not used to it. It's kind of unusual. So. Uh, a basis of it, you want a firm basis. So this is what the legs can do. If you're sitting in a chair, you can use the chair. Um, a firm basis so that uh, you know most of the, the sitting meditations mostly mostly focused around these the torso, chest, and diaphragm. That's often its its kind of centre, and it can obviously our attention can pick up things can be extended beyond that. It's really about this upper body. The lower body acts as a good foundation. So it's part of it, but it's there to give you the support. So obviously you want the upper body to feel pretty stable and balanced and supported. So it's not shifting and lurching. And so as open as possible, so you can really feel the fullness of it. Which means the spine, a lot is about the spine the spine is nicely com- coming up from the pelvis. Mm. And this is often a, by itself a bit of a work in progress over time because uh, when we're used to sitting in a chair, the spine is kind of like, like that most of the time. You know? <laughs> so what happens is these muscles in the lower back have no strength in them. You can't switch, you can't make it happen. You've got to, the idea is that the, those lower lumbar muscles can come in and flex to the point when they carry, kind of almost act as the support for the spine. So the spine is upright. And of course, the spine is not a straight line, it's a, it's a curve, so it's upright, which generally means that the the senses of the abdominal, what's called the lordosis, of the lower back is slightly curved in. But you don't want to do it with your eye, you want to get a feeling for it. So essentially the abdomen, your chest isn't resting on your belly. Because if it is, it's going to compress your breathing. So your chest, so you want it really, it's like this, then all this heavy bone stuff is then resting on the bones of the spine. And that's carrying down into the pelvis, so that's carrying down into the floor. So essentially, you've got that. Okay. So then, 
So the next place to be aware of in your spine is between the shoulders, between the shoulder blades, where again the habit is to be hunched over your laptop, your book, your steering wheel, what you're doing is a hunch. Very common. Most people grow up, as they grow older, they hunch and hunch and hunch because of that. So go between your shoulder blades and it's, it's another area that has some flex in it. So it can flex. You can kind of slightly, as if you're just poking between your shoulder blades to, to encourage that. If you did, that happens, what also happens is the, sh- the shoulders and the, the muscles between the, around the neck and the shoulders, they're not doing, they're not holding the head up. So, so you, the, the shoulders are not bent over. So you're pushing in, the shoulders roll back. And this also encourages the head to come back and be upright rather than stooped forward. Now, as it's stooped forward, it's going to put strain on the neck. You know, and so, so then we have something that's pretty like, like a fairly good wide cylinder, you know, this whole form. And the breathing can then move around quite easily within that. That's the thing to work towards. Uh, you don't have to do breathing meditation when you sit, but it pretty much, if you sit in a balanced way, it probably starts to happen by itself. You know? Because that's kind of, that's the thing you pick up, this sense of something pleasant moving through. We just focus on holding the position. And then uh, really to learn, that's 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 you need. Then all the rest of the muscles you don't really need. So you start to switch them off. Fingers, hands, particularly the face, head, forehead, switch it off. So then this means you're, you know, the muscle tone, which is about activity, relaxes. So the sense of the mind on some kind of fundamental subconscious level picks up the message, oh, we're not into activity. This will, you know, just be, so if you're not active, if you're not asleep, then you're receptive. And receptive, which is the most important, well, extremely important feature of, of our um, experience is to be more receptive, less active. So just enough activity to open and receive, and that's your posture. Now, of course, with the legs again, the, the knees bent. This is, and sometimes these are quite painful, uncomfortable. So you can do various yoga exercises, stretch exercises, particularly to open the hips and the upper thighs, so they they really go down. You know, they don't just kind of perch. They go down. All this area here needs to go down. <laughs> and then if you go down, there's no strain in the knees. If there is strain in the knees, you should put a cushion under them. You don't want strain because they can damage your knees. So, so if, you, if your legs don't properly fold down, then you put something under your knees so that you're not causing stress and damage in the knees. So you really feel like you know, resting on you get that, that, that sense. I hope.
Mm. And if you can do, you know, start to 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, and stretch a little bit, that's good. Okay, so if you didn't quite catch that, man's using the image of being in a lift or an elevator, and he spends a lot of time in the top story of a house, and he likes to go down to the to the bottom for some reason or another. <laughs> uh, that's where he feels his meditation is best. He goes down there for a while and he finds himself drifting up to the top again, the top story and, and up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we get out of that up-down syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose um, get interested in the um, what's the ba- what's in the basement. So try to so what's in the top floor. I imagine it's fairly busy, busy office. And down, down the bottom is probably some kind of trees and ferns or something more primary. <laughs> A few creatures roaming around there. Uh, so you want to try to actually... Most of this will bring your, bring your intelligence down into that area. What's happening? What's this feel like? And take it, is it and the feeling? Is it... You know, Let's kind of get interested in in the, that lower story, that lower level. It operates at a different pace. I think to me it's rather like underwater. You know, the surface where the waves are all sparkling and flashing, there's boats running around, you go you know, down to the ocean, it's kind of slow moving tides and currents. You know, uh, you, you can't it's going a bit too not according to the rhythms which I was accustomed to. Which are fairly brisk. So we get down there. Well, I mean, this is actually where embodiment's so helpful because our bodies are really very subterranean. (laughs) You know, they're 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 ground creatures. So if you do walking, feeling the sinews, feeling the energies, getting used to that that level of experience is certainly not an office down when you're walking, walk out of the office, walk into the forest, walk off the street, walk into the beach, walk, you know, walk like you're swimming, whole body, not a head sitting on top of the body, but the whole body swimming on land, upright. <coughs> and um, another feature of it is that the top story is, part, is observational, the bottom story is participatory. <coughs> We're just in it, you can't, you know, and that again is a big, quite a big shift. Okay, so another another practice is okay when you're up there in the office, the top story. Okay, what's this feel like? Doesn't matter what's going on, really. What does it feel like? It's a certain energy, it's probably quite, quite speedy. It's quite speedy energy. Mm-hmm. How's, how do you feel about that? Probably kind of a bit sort of hooked up in it, 
but not really liking it that much. You want to get out of it. Mm, so that's good to know. And perhaps one could start to um, keep keep with the feeling of that area and slow down the response rate and just getting a piece of data coming in and just slowing down the response rate uh, feeling the thought, feeling the memory, feeling the um, mind running to conclusions like a mad monkey so you bring basement intelligence up to the top story so instead of trying to go down to the bottom, you bring the bottom up and top this too is the jungle this too is the wilderness it's all slightly speedier but it's the same it's the same it's it's still the jungle Uh, uh, if we feel it it's very much just it's just like a a flight of parrots I was walking in the park the other day and there's this tree full of these screeching parrots Oh, well, that's the mind, isn't it? <laughs> and yet, it's still alive, and it's still in a tree, flying around. And uh, you don't try to figure out why they're doing it or where they're going. It's also, it's just a high speed of animated life. If we linger with it, it's, I think the most important thing is to respond to it when they're very soft, gentle, caring attention, soothing attention to that and then you're bringing the intelligence of the basement up to operate at that level and certainly that's that's a fundamental quality of body now if you do walking meditation, standing meditation or even qigong meditation you're going to develop that, that embodied quality that really is that that's the kind of intelligence that's we lack. We lack. We don't, we don't lack it. We just don't use it very much. And that, that certainly will help to unify everything. Yeah, projects and efforts and things you want to do that require effort and determination. Is that incompatible? I don't think so. I mean, I think one wants to live a purposeful existence. Mm. You know, it's not we're not just here to chill. It's certainly helpful to be able to discharge and reset. But I think we're also, you know, here to do some work. Mm. And uh, the purpose is, I think, an. Important thing to remember: chanda in Buddhism, motivation, aim, desire, purpose. But then, when does it become? You know, it's run away. That is, it's actually gone beyond the resources. You know, the horse has run away from the carriage. It's run so fast that you've got to know for yourself. Yeah, you know, so you've got to moderate that. So you've got the aim and the energy and the interest and to do a certain thing <coughs> always leave some slack mm. 
And, um, you know, what I found is you think, it's going to take longer than you think. And even when you factored in, it takes longer than you think, it takes even longer than that. <laughs> and there's always loose ends that never get tidied up. And then you finish it, hey, that was a mistake. That's what I found with everything I do. Uh, so, you know, the idea is going to be nicely shaped, honed, clean, straight line, perfection. I think that's a bit of a myth. So you can recognize it's going to be bumps and wobbles, curves, you know, with something was not too bad. <laughs> and uh, did you learn from it? So, uh, you know, then we undertake. Uh, purpose, which may be, say, an external purpose to work something out, to get a problem solved, to do, fix something, and da, da, da. but also the purpose should come internally. Am I developing patience, resolution, flexibility? Am I learning to moderate so I'm not operating high-speed stress? I can turn the velocity down. So then I'm really learning, you know, using some, an external thing to train myself internally. And then, then the, our so-called worldly activities then act as spiritual um, coaches to coach ourselves spiritually. You know, am I you know, staying true to my principles or am I fight, cutting corners? Mm-hmm. No. You know? So then that's, that's, the, um, that's the test of life. And uh, I think most of us find well, I find that uh, we end up, the results are, some people think it's good, not so good, but the most important thing is I learned a few things about myself. You don't learn unless you put yourself to the test. You don't learn unless you've made that commitment. You're going to participate and be, and be prepared to be worked on, you know, <laughs> but, you know, within, within one's capacity to, um, to re- receive, reflect, train, reset, you know, stay flexible. Well, <laughs> You know, there's, there's the there's incredible passion, isn't it, of becoming, identification with Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, it's in the genes, your granddad, your dad, you know, you, it's your duty. So that, that's, what, that's, the way they, that's the way these things, these so amazingly powerful, these, these clubs, amazingly powerful forms. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they, they represent a, a collective, it's a collective identity. You know, we are Spurs. There's how many hundreds of thousands of us who support Spurs? You know, and there's these guys running around the field and in that, and it's competitive and they're winning and you're like, yeah, and they're losing. Oh no! You know, so you've got all the emotional passion, all channeled into this particular context of belonging and uh, and emotional participation and success and failure, and some probably some pretty dazzling talent in there as well. Uh, you know, then the ref's blind, idiot, he's a blind, you know, kind of thing, all that stuff. So this is, uh, this is the nature of the emotions. You know. uh, and then, the, so there it is, so, okay. Uh, 
and one they, then it becomes addictive. Mm. Mm. So if you want to be actually cruelly reasonable about it, if you want to be cruelly reasonable about it, say, what is Spurs Football Club? <laughs> what is it? You know? <laughs> this guy's gone, he came two years ago, he's changed, and it's just a complete random bunch of characters. Uh, there's no, you know, it's, uh, I think it's like an emotional, uh, an emotional channel, because life is also kind of mingled and confused, and you've got this really simple thing you can emotionally invest in, yeah, and then you get like a cathartic effect. Provides excitement, jubilation, sorrow, anger, desperation. It could all be contained. All those emotions can be worked out and activated and energized. And hopefully, people don't physically beat each other up. That's the sad side of it when it gets violent. It can be contained, and it's like an emotional massage in a in a world which is often emotionally dead or or, or dilapidated. You know, there's no clear anything. Nobody. This is something you can feel. That's why they're so immensely captivating. Very much engaged with conflict. I think um, conflict is a pretty recurring feature. Either you know, just conflict between two people over what they're going to have for dinner. Or even conflict within yourself about which way you want to go. And one says this, one says that. You get conflict in your workplace. You know, you need a pay rise. Da, 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 they're on strike. It's uncomfortable. People are not happy. But you know, how else you get your needs met? Stuff. Um, and then, you know, so I don't. I think you've got to meet it. And. Um, Handle it. I don't think you can avoid it. Mm. So we meet conflict. It's important to go to, mm, you know, the topic whether we get a pay rise or don't get a pay rise. Whether we get, we go to this restaurant or that restaurant. Is that we can't deal with immediately. We can deal with frustration, disappointment. We can, we can actually manage to come to the sense of, you know, not being treated fairly, not being treated right. We can come to that place here. And say, okay, then, you know, handling that emotion, being with that emotion, and resolving that emotion. Resolving emotion means just we're not saying that, oh no, it's okay if I don't get treated fair, that's fine. No, that's not fine. But I don't have to get knotted up by that. I don't have to get snarled up and embittered. <laughs> that's what I mean by handling the emotion. You know, my boss isn't treating me properly. That's totally unfair. Uh, yeah. So this kind of sense of re- regaining your own integrity, your own dignity, I'm not going to get tangled up, but actually I will say this, 
steadily. When we look at this, this and this, this does not add up. Please show me different. No. That's very synoptical. Because generally what happens with these conflict situation, if you come like they say, oh yes, because of statistical, blah, 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 you know, waffle, waffle, waffle. <laughs> you know, smokescreen. They say, uh-huh. But, <laughs> they go, oh, waffle, 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 next year, corner plane drives, and the train is this way, and after all, you know, waffle, waffle, waffle. You just get, uh-huh. <laughs> but you see, this <laughs> to keep saying the same thing over and over again really and holding it and um, and be able to say uh, excuse me that piece of information is that's not correct if you're steady and cool you're more liable to pick out pick the flaws in their argument yeah uh, so without intending to hurt them or or making them into, uh, you know, a uh, stereotype, or they just no. This isn't. If we look at this clearly, this is not correct. This is not in accordance with what's fair or appropriate, what we agreed upon. You know? just going to keep going back to that. It's it's a slow process. Conflict resolution can take months, years. But um, so, but then you see, if you're not, so well, actually, place the priorities in can I use this unpleasant situation to steady, clarify, strengthen my heart, my purpose, stay, keep my self respect going, and you know, begin to relinquish unskillful tendencies, revenge, hatred. Just relinquish things. It's always a purification process, like many things. And you know, maybe this will mean there will be a, a helpful resolution until the next source of conflict arises, <laughs> and then we've learned something. <coughs> you know, most of us conflict with our parents. We have conflict with our spouses. We have conflict with our boss. We have conflict with. Our So, so this is just a feature of, of human, of conditioned life. You know, templates of becoming don't necessarily match. So you can't operate from that level, you've got to operate from the heart level. And maybe that does eventually support a proper mature response. So in Sangha, you see in monastic training, same sort of thing, it's always conflict. It's next part of life. But uh, the theme is to just keep a sense of respect and respect, and it's coming back to the same point and asking a person to remember their values. At least in modern masses, we do have a, some kind of shared sense of values, like honesty, truthfulness, something we signed up for, an ethical sense, okay. Then so you talk to the health in the person, you talk to the honesty in the person, you talk to the integrity in the person, you don't talk to the craziness. <laughs> talk to the honesty and say, honestly, how do you see this? Well, no, 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 no. 
don't you think it was like that? And he's going to until they say, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I did. I did. I did lose it there, like we all do. Keep talking to the honesty and integrity of the person. That in them is able to to relinquish, to let go of their, you know, their defective bit. And then there's friendship, rather than I'm better than you. We don't want to win anything. We don't want to win. We just want resolution. So what if the values of the other person are not um, contingent with yours, they don't fit yours? Well, you know, I think it's in terms of social relationships, it's then the appropriate time to signify a withdrawal. I'm sorry that doesn't work for you. Um, So, you know, I don't think we've got a way forward on this one. Yes, withdrawal and contact the ones you can be with, who do share same values. And it may, may be there's not that many. In terms of work, project work, you know, occupations is a bit more tricky because unfortunately, you know, when you sign up to be um, an engineer, don't say we're not signing up for program of ethical integrity, signing up to get the thing, <laughs> fix this machi- machinery going. So um, then, but then also comes into that, well, if you want the machines working, you've got to have people to do it. And if people are not happy, then you can't get the work done. So some sense of, you know, if we're not, if the workforce isn't feeling comfortable, you can't do the work. And that's what strikes are about, really, to withdraw your labor. And it's sometimes, you know, you get, if you like, there's also a partial solution, which is on this particular area, we just don't see eye to eye, but we can go and watch Spurs together. <laughs> <laughs> so let's work on the bits we can stay together with, and maybe eventually that will help us to get past the bits we're stuck with in conflict around. That's also part of it. So path and fruit, do they happen simultaneously or one comes after the other? Well, according to the suttas, this is a kind of bit of an esoteric point, perhaps. Stream entry means a certain fundamental, what they call fetters, have fallen away, certain fundamental uh, psychological structures, you know, been created, but conditioned, have actually been seen through or dismantled. And this fundamentally it's about the personality structure. Personality structure imagines there's somebody living in here, inside this body, this person, somebody, you know, well. Uh, and that, uh, so there, here I am, and then it searches for uh, what do I, what do I do, how to do things. So it gets attached to systems, protocols and principles. And then it then says, is this the right thing? I'm not sure, so it gets doubt. Am I doing it right or is there a better way? So it does this because uh, that's that particular form. Yeah. And it's all about security, personal security. I am in here, I'm solid, 
I'm doing the right thing to do, this is the right way. You get basically fundamentalism. You know, or, you know, fundamentalism. Stream entry means that that lock that is broken because we feel more instead of holding on to these structures and ideas about ourselves as being our orientation, the orientation of the heart, to be a solid person, doing the right thing, getting the right results, all that kind of stuff, which gives us a sense of orientation. No, this sense, this is always going to produce conflict, stress, grasping. Now, there's another source of orientation, which is to do with, or to do with heart, awareness, empathy, you know, these softer qualities that we've been been touching into, you know, which is actually much more fluid and out of the box. You know, we recognize we don't live inside a body. What happens is, as we're sitting in awareness, various embodied qualities begin to manifest, such as heat, pressure, warmth, tingling, vibrancy. That's, That's the truth. There's nobody in here, there's nobody out there. The person is just an unnecessary construction. When I'm walking, you don't need a person to walk. Body walks perfectly well without a person in it. <laughs> Better, in fact. <laughs> Having somebody saying, this is where you should be doing it, the right way. This isn't the right way, you're not doing it the right way. Instead of having that, just looks body walks quite well. Uh, so... You know, so that's a stream entry, that, that kind of problem is, of the person has been resolved because they've got something better, richer, more skillful, more authentic to be oriented by. And that's called Dhamma, truth, realization. And this can happen, um, so it's called path and fruit means one's actually got recognizing, hey, this is. This is the area I need to work at. Yeah? Instead of working at these, you know, all the sort of the, the content, let's work on the operating system rather than, you know, am I, am, uh, what kind of person I am. Da, 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 da. Let's work on the sense of being a person. Yeah? <laughs> right. So rather than the, what's the content, the details of my personal history, which of course can be poignant as they always are. Let's work instead on the sense of who's holding all this. There's all this poignant history, but who, who's, who's in it? Who, who, you know, what's the bag that this is all sitting in? There isn't one. <laughs> it's just stuff. Yeah. So we get a sense of that's what I'm aiming for, not to not have thoughts and feelings and sensations, yeah, but actually to... Yeah, who is it who has all these? And first of all, that's a kind of like, well, what do you mean? Well, it's pretty significant because if there's nobody who has them, they don't stick. And the pressure to be a person, to be as I've said, you know, effective, efficient, cheerful, bright, compassionate, loving, all that pressure of that drops away. Without that pressure, the chitta's form begins to come more authentically open rather than strapped into this straitjacket of the person, 
personality, which is formed primarily through family and social structures. You should be a good boy. And other details. So that's gone. It's not that I'm some kind of crazy nutcase. No, it just means that the system can operate pretty nicely as being ethically integrity, sensitivity, goodwill, steadiness, presence, breathing in and out. That's all there. Nice kit, you know. Maybe that's just take it a moment at a time because that's what we got. Instead of having this kind of thing, identity thing that we've got to keep preening. <laughs> yeah. So that can be something we can think, oh, I get it. That's a good that's a good thing to look at. Then that someone really gets a feeling for that, there it's called on the path. And now the process of path to fruit can be through a range of systems or a range of processes. What is the faith? Sense of, you know, I devote to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and devoted to awareness, the rest of it, not important, you know. Unusual, but I think in India at that time, probably a lot of things is just this totally devotional faith. Mm. And you get the person who called the Kaya Sikhi, which is someone who feels it goes into the embodiment experience. Okay, we're really in this body, there's a body here. I don't feel there's anybody in there. <laughs> It's just a body, and it's not the thing I see on the photograph in the mirror. That's a visual impression. This body is actually kind of warm, sentient, sensitive, vibrant, you know, intelligent. I'm immersed in, you know. In fact, there's, there's that in that, and what's not there is some person controlling it or in it. It's in, it arises in this aware, and actually, that is pretty nice and comfortable, that's the person, that's the body witness. Another one is the one who, uh, who, through view, through analysis. If this is myself, then that would be that. If this was mine, I'd be able to have it and own it. But actually it breaks away. If this was mine, I'd be able to control it, but I can't control it. Therefore it's not self. So that obviously refers to all things, territory, but even this was my mind, I'd be able to say to my mind, stop being this way, be another way. Uh, that doesn't work. It's, therefore, it's not my mind, it's just a mind. <laughs> See what I mean? And so the person who works through that faculty tends to begin to look at things like, you know, self, mind, control means... I have agency over everything that I call me. And that does not work. I can't say to my body, body be healthy, body have no pain, body be bigger, body be this. It, can't, it doesn't do it. I can't say to my mind, be different, mind, stop it. <laughs> doesn't work. I try. Don't have a thought, I say to the mind, and it goes, <laughs> So clearly, the sense of the person in control of it is a total non starter. <laughs> doesn't work. So if there's nobody in control of it, right? Then who 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 brought it here? Who brought this mind here? Who's my who who does all this thinking anyway? Well I do. Well let's find who that is. Who the I is who thinks. 
Okay, let's think, who, who's the I who thinks? Where is he? Where is she? Whoops, there popped up a thought. I didn't, I didn't see who had it, it just popped up. Right? Of course you didn't see who had it, because nobody had it. There wasn't anybody there. It just popped up out of conditions and causes. So you look at the agent of your experience. Who has a desire? Or is it just desire pops up? Yeah. And so who has an emotion? Or does it just the emotion well up? Who makes the decision? Or is it just the decision starts to form? <laughs> it doesn't mean these things don't happen. But it's nobody is in the control room twiddling, you know, twiddling the buttons and pushing the dials to make it work. It just conditions arise. So you're not the you're not the originator. You're not the controller of it. And you say, this is my mind. Okay, this is your mind. You have nothing in it apart from everything to do, everything about yourself. Right? Whoops, here comes Spurs Football Club. <laughs> How did they get in there? Get out. <laughs> You're very porous. There's all kinds of stuff going on in my mind that's not about me. <laughs> to switch on the television, I'd be flooded with crossword puzzles and westerns and stuff like that. That definitely is, is you know. So we're not, there's no separate, imper- no kind of shell. We're extremely permeable. In fact, we're nothing but permeability, absorbing and diffusing things. So the sense of having a, a boundary that's, this is me, that's not me, no, it doesn't, doesn't add up. Now, that, so with that sense, doesn't, what does that mean? It means actually you start to recognize, well, okay, then what can occur with that realization? Some sense of hmm, care and responsibility is needed to, main, to maintain this. Where's that going to arise from? Some sense arises in the heart, called intelligence. <laughs> Wisdom arises. Take it easy. Steady on that one. Release that. Let go. No. And this is from the ground up. This is, you know, ethical understanding coming from the belly on up, you see, rather than the head down. We often get top-down morality. You know, this is what I tell you you should be. You try to get it in there and get it to go down there. Get it from your, it doesn't go much below your chin. <laughs> get it from the top of your head. As far as your chin, it doesn't go much further. There's all these kind of passions and instincts. Still happening because he tried to ram it down from some should be place. <laughs> That's not going to work. But if you feel it in your guts, you feel the stress and the tangle and the and enough and the, oh, and, yeah, and the, no, no, enough. Something says enough. Leave me out of this. <laughs> and then that you learn from the ground on up. And that's the, unfortunately, well, it's sometimes accompanied by some distress and pain, but that's the way you grow up from the ground. You can't grow up from the head down, you grow up from the, that way. And so one who really grows up is someone who's entered the stream. Mm. Now that could happen in a few insightful moments, or it can happen over a period of time. 
and in the suttas it seems to be not determined how long that will be. <laughs>